rolling. Action. Slate, you know, so we can line up the audio better. Okay. Welcome back to episode two of the Big Bad Podcast. Name decided? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do Behind the Glass. Yeah. If you're making an audio podcast, you better not be calling it Behind the Glass. <sighs> that, that'll be our sub moniker. Yeah. yeah. Nickname. Yeah, yeah. Colon Behind the Glass. <laughs> okay, so to my left is Brian. What's up? Heard me last time. Still a producer. Still a Zach. <laughs> and to my right is Danny. Yo. Yeah, no no changes. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the same. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm Zach. And... Today, we're going to talk about what we did this morning, which is acoustic guitar recording. And we got some thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to start off by just saying straight up, I do not like stereo miking acoustic guitars. I'm going to add to that by saying I kind of like it, but practically don't know when I would ever use it. I like it. I don't. <laughs> so we have a wide spectrum of opinions here. So let's start off with, we all do like mono yeah. miking acoustic guitars. So we'll, we'll jump through. So this time we used, Brian, you got the notes. What all do we use for we mono? We used uh, the KM84, yep. KM56, yep. Royer 121, mm-hmm. R44, U48, U67, C12, the C414, and the... S and the fifty seven. Yeah, the fifty seven. It looked like S seven on here, but yeah, the fifty seven. <laughs> well, my handwriting isn't great. Yeah. Okay, so the eighty four vintage came eighty four I, not the Neumann one eighty four. This one's yep. got a transformer and it's a little better sounding. It's a beautiful mic. I will show it to you now. Danny's fantastic playing. Okay, let me preface this: the guitar we use is a nineteen fifty five Gibson J fifty. It's one of my favorite guitars I own, and it sounds really good. So here it is. That's a good sound. This is 84. And we're like 12th fret. We said, what, a hand length away from the neck? Just about, you know, your hand will vary, I guess. Yeah, so we'll say, you know, half a foot we'll or so. We'll measure Danny's hand later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a little close. I like I like some space. Danny, you were saying you like maybe double what we did. Yeah, depending. May- sometimes maybe more. Yeah, I kind of like it close up sometimes, though, because you, you get more of that string, you get more of that brightness, and it'll kind of cut through if you're doing like yeah. a dense mix with electric guitars and drums and stuff. I feel like the six inches away thing is not going to sound the best on its own, but you're probably not going to end up with it on its own anyway. So yeah. you, if you, you do end up with just sort of the rhythm of the strumming, which is probably more practical for most people's mixes. Yeah, and we have some mics that worked better for on their own for sure. So we also moved the 84. We decided maybe it would look sound a little bit better if it had a little bit more top end which hearing back I don't know if I agree but at the time I thought so so I'll play just one of the chords back to back um, between the original position which is this and then looking more at the ninth fret so away from the sound hole oh never mind I think that sounds great I'm gonna hear like three chords from that
Yeah, you know what? Actually, I think it sounds really good. <laughs> it, it sounds. It just sounds different. Yeah. Uh, em- it's emphasizing different overtones. It feels a little more scooped, a little more emphasis on the highs. That scoop's probably going to sound a little bit better. Uh, was that pointed more towards the joint? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. That was pointed more towards the headstock at the ninth fret. Ninth fret. Yeah. And then, oh, I forgot we did three. So we do yeah. have towards the joint. Yeah. So this would be the deeper side, more towards where the joint, meaning the um, neck meeting the body of the guitar. Okay, that was long enough. Okay, so I'm going to compare all three back to back. This is directly at 12, 12th fret. This is 12th fret pointing at the ninth. And this is 12th fret pointing at the neck joint. I like neck joint. I know, they're all they're all good, though. Uh, Different It depends flavors. on what you want. Yeah, if yeah. you want it to cut through more, I think pointing at the neck will help give you a little bit more mm. of that sparkle and more of that top. You mean room. pointing at, oh yeah, the neck. Yeah. Or at, the, no. at the neck Nine. itself, not the joint. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I keep doing that backwards. More towards the ninth fret, up yeah. towards the headstock. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like if it were on its own, like if it were a sparser arrangement and you could only, you only had the option of a small diaphragm condenser, this, the neck joint is a good option to kind of still have some of that low mid presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, but if the acoustic guitar is going to be joining an electric and a drum kit and some other stuff, maybe you, you're, you're going to end up cutting that anyway. So maybe save yourself some work and angle away from the body. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was cool. Um, the next, the next mic we did was the KM56, which is for those of you who don't know, a small diaphragm tube condenser made by Neumann. This one's a Telefunken badged one, and it's got a 701 tube in it, which is a very sweet sounding, expensive tube. I had never even seen one of these mics before. You got one here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's- the KM. Is Klein microphone, which is small microphone. So the KM84, ah. KM56 are all smaller diaphragm. That's so literal. I never knew that. Yeah, nickel capsule. So it's a lot different. So they're usually a little bit brighter, um, but they still have a lot of body. This mic's really popular for capturing orchestral instruments, strings, pianos, uh, even voice. The cover of, I think it's Let It Be, John singing into this mic that has this like ball windscreen thing on it. It's a 56. Really? Yeah. Wild. Yeah, so this is that directly at the 12th fret. Did you talk about the guitar we were using? Yeah. Okay, go. It's a good sound. The 56 is a it's a little less edgy. Yeah. yeah. The tube like does something, kind of it, rounds that out. Yeah, it's the thing that you go to tubes for. It's uh yeah, it's just a little bit less less harsh on the attack. Yeah. I, I think I, I like it better than the Yeah. Before. I mean yeah. it's it's probably like three times as expensive. Oh. <laughs> so I guess you gotta prioritize what you want. But if you have a full mic locker and you can choose whatever, it's a great choice. it's probably my go to um almost always. But you gotta turn on the power supply and let the tube warm up, and you know maybe it has a noise floor. I didn't really notice much of any of these mics causing noise floor no. problems. Oh yeah, we're using the desk prees on the API, no EQ. No, we're actually bypassing the whole channel. We're just going in and out the the two twelve L pre 
for everything, even right now. But uh, so speaking of a little bit more rounded off, less transient, this is a Royer R121, very popular, I guess, electric guitar. Yes. It's my favorite drum crush, as we learned yep. last oh, summer. Yeah. And yeah. I used that yesterday. Actually, I used it like all weekend. I had three different sessions with drums. And, and you've got like, what, four of those here in the building? I have three, but I should have four. <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought it was four and one of them was out of commission, but uh, this, no, so there's three. No, I have three. three and one of them's got a blown ribbon. That's the, that's the risk. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Here's what it sounds like. 12th fret. Oh, yeah. So we're, we didn't do a bunch of positions for all of them. Well, off mic, we decided to find what sounded best because we didn't want to do like a trillion playbacks for you guys. So this is looking at the t- like 10th fret but in front of the 12th fret. That's enough. Okay. (laughs) Um, I just don't want to take too, too long playing it back. I think you get an idea. So real quick, back to back, let's do that big E chord at the end. So nice. We'll do E to E. So this is 121. And this is a 56. It's funny because, like, yeah. the 121 we just played back after break, it's like, oh, this is pretty good. This isn't bad. You know, it's a little dark, but it's a ribbon mic, whatever. And then you hear the 56, like, oh, detail, yeah. depth, yeah. dimension. The 121's a great mic. Yes. And I've seen it used successfully on acoustic, like, maybe with a pull tech on it or something, maybe some distance. I don't sure. Know. I guess if you're, like, if you're in a scenario where you have a 121 and a pull tech, you probably also have a nice condenser or something that is just going to get you there faster. That's true, but let's talk about polar patterns. Oh, because yeah. I have seen people use the figure eight to their benefit where if the guitar player is also singing, if you use the null of the figure eight, so the side of the body, or I guess the top, but usually the side of the body, um, to point at like the singer's mouth, it can help keep the singing bleed out. Right, which, which is done. pretty cool. I've done that with like condensers that go in figure eight too, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so it just depends. I mean, that's probably not my first choice, but it would work just fine. I really do think so. So sticking on ribbons, this is the AEAR44. It's the CE one, which is, I think, cost-effective, something like that. It's just, hmm. it doesn't have as fancy of a paint job, but it's the same mic as a regular 44. Body. Mm. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of low end. Well, here we'll do that E chord again. And this, and this is the one twenty one, but it's way so the forty four is much darker, much more yeah. bottom. I mean, it's a physically larger mic, a lot bigger. Did, is that was that one pointed at the ninth fret? It was pointed, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's at the twelfth fret, but it's looking up at the ninth. So it's still it. we're trying to reject low end by low making end. it look. You know, higher up, or lower down the neck, you know, towards the headstock. Yeah, and it's still really a, tubby. I mean, it's a ton. That's what the ribbon does. Yeah, maybe some distance would help that a bit, but we were trying to be fair and keep them all at the same distance. I feel like if of these ribbons that we tried, I feel like if you're gonna go that direction, you might as well go with the 44 because it's it's got that flavor and it does it really mm-hmm. well. Whereas the ribbon, the the 121 feels. Closer to some of the condensers, but just not enough of the qualities that I like about the condensers. Yeah, it's brighter. And so, 
I mean, that's fine to have a brighter ribbon. It's useful all the time. Oh, but yeah. I mean, if you're going for top end, why not get it something that yeah. specializes yeah, exactly, exactly in top end? This sounds dope for singer-songwriters. Yeah. Very bare mm. tracks. Yeah, it could be super cool. I think if like, again, if you backed it up a little bit, gave it some space, use that figure eight to capture the backside of the figure eight, get more room, tone out of it, and really put the listener like in a place. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that'd be cool. Uh Let's move on to some condensers. The next one was the U48, which is one of my favorite mics in the locker, but... Failed you. It didn't sound that great. Whatever. Here, listen. Here's what it sounds like. You hear how, like, the top end is... Yeah, it's, it's real like, spiky. It's real spiky and a little yeah. bit grainy, which grainy is cool. I mm -hmm. like. It's yeah. really good on a vocal, but, like... It doesn't serve the guitar that great. And this is us trying to get rid of that. It's 12th fret looking more at where the neck meets the body. So it's towards right. the sound yeah. hole. Too it's much high like string. That. The bottom end is nice. Yeah. And it, it is. felt like it was pretty controlled. But yeah, it didn't quite have the top end I'd want for this application. But you know what kind of did is the 67. Oh, yeah, that sounds mm. great. Yeah, so let's do yeah. the ease between the two. So the 48 and the 67. Yeah, in my headphones, the 48 kind of in a weird way sounds better, but I know, like, the 67 is a better representation of that guitar. Yeah, it, yeah it's a, a fuller picture of, like, the whole spectrum of what's going on with a guitar. Yeah. A guitar, relative to other instruments, guitar has a pretty wide range. You know, like the... Yeah, for sure. The low E is is like eighty hertz around yeah. there, which is pretty low, and you you know from there it goes up, you know, like above a thousand. So what you, you're hearing such a wide range there that it's cool to have something that captures all of it, unless you're just going to go in the direction of just scooping the fuck out of it. And yeah, I mean know. it depends on the mix, right? right. So we're right. hearing these soloed, and maybe it would just be a vocal and a guitar, even just a solo guitar performance, but more than likely. There's a drum kit in there. There's a yeah. bass guitar covering the low end, maybe a piano, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's stuff in there. So I, I do like the 67. I liked it so much I wanted to get a slightly different tone out of it because I did think it was a little bottomy the way we had it, which was, you know, straight on the 12th fret. But we turned it, you know, it's in front of the 12th fret, but we kind of like angled it a little bit so it's in front of the 10th, so it's looking at the 10th fret. And that sounded like this. <laughs> which is good. Shinier. Yeah, and that sounds a lot like the guitar. Yeah. Like a lot like yeah. the guitar. And so here's the E's together. 12th fret. Mm. 10th fret. Mm -hmm. So nice. it's really nice. Yeah, that was yeah. like one of my tops. The 56 sounds good too. So, I well, let's look at that because I don't remember. So this is the 67's E. The 56. Different. Very different. Very different. Still dope, though. Yeah, they're both great. The 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 56 kind of has this, like, rounding thing that's yeah. happening. The 6.7's yeah. got a little bit more edge, which can be good or bad. You know, yeah. it all depends. Yeah. The 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 67 feels feels more open to me, maybe, uh -huh. whereas the, the yeah. 56 feels more like it's got an agenda with the overtones that it's adding. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. I think I would use the 67 if it was, a, uh, like, a song. Revolving yeah. around the acoustic guitar. I agree. Mm. 
opposed to just like an accompanying accompanying instrument. Right, right. I agree with that. I, I think you're right. And I think we all agree that looking at the tenth fret was better. Yeah. Yes. Just mm-hmm. angling it away yeah. from the sound hole to keep some of that boominess out of the capsule. So now we have the Flea C12, my favorite drum overheads, which we used last time for drum overheads. We didn't even bother experimenting with no. that, which maybe we'll do another time. And piano, absolute favorite yeah. piano mics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But let's hear it on Good acoustic guitar. It can be, for the right vocalist. Yeah. I, I struggle to get the right person to sing on that, but it's okay. Here, here it is on acoustic. Okay, I don't like it that much. Here's the 67 we like so much. I noted that. (laughs) He noted it. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool mic, but it's not working for this. That's the 67. That's the C12. It's like, it feels like someone just ripped like 800 to 5K, just went, and just pulled it out, out, smiley-faced it. Yeah. Maybe with a guitar that has the opposite, like, trying to think some some like not super great sounding martins are super mid forward and they're such like some of those like d18 d28 like heavy topped guitars that don't resonate as much my gibson weighs like a half a pound it's stupid like you pick it up and it's like disconcerting yeah. <laughs> i'm kind of curious now i have this uh old epiphone arch top it's like a 1950 and it's really mid forward. It's got re- very little low end, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of curious what that would sound like with the C12 on it. Because, yeah, that might be the fix. You right. Know, puzzle, yeah. puzzle piece it. Um, we'll try it. We'll try yeah. it sometime. Make a note of that, Brian. <laughs> okay. You don't have to really make a okay, note. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, in the same vein, though. So, the flea is the flea. Uh, or, I forgot what flea stands for. I got to look it up. But the Flea Mics C12 is their version of the AKG C12. I have the AKG C414 EB, which has the same CK12 brass capsule as the C12. Um, we liked that for a lot of things last time. It was a pretty good mono, yeah. uh, like, crush, even though it didn't sound very crushed. Yeah. It, like, right. sounded like the kit. And then it was a great kick out, surprisingly. yeah. yeah. And it's my go-to room. I feel like that's the the 414 is like the mic that is almost guaranteed to show up on any session that I do in yeah. some yeah. capacity. For and, sure. And it, it works like on just about anything. Like you you in a pinch, you can make it work just about anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And I mean, especially these ones. I, there's a big difference between the brass capsule 414 EBs and the more modern like XLS yeah. or XL2s. Um, here it is on the guitar. Let's go. So let's look at that against like our 67 we like so much. Here's a 67. And here's a 414. It sounds really good. I mean, it's a little thinner. It's a little Mm -hmm. brighter. This is straight on the 12th fret. This is what my note is. Is that right? Yep. Correct. Uh, is that top end better? I don't know. I don't know. There's more of it. Yeah, yeah. but is that better? <laughs> it's uh, better it depends. than the 48 top end. Yeah. Uh, it's the, yes. the texture, I think, fits the guitar better. The Coming right out of the room, I felt like the 414 was like, that's what I was hearing in here. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, but then listening back, I'm like, oh, the 67. And I don't know whether this is like with distance that the 67 feels more real to me now. But like when I p- heard it back originally, I was like, that's that one sounded like what I heard. 
And right. The the four fourteen has a really flat frequency response. At least the ones that I'm familiar with. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, there's a lift in this on the top end a little yeah. bit, but it's pretty. I mean, it's that's what they're supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the claim. And right. I, mean, I guess you look at any Mike's fre- frequency frequency response chart that claims to be flat, and you still see some peaks and valleys in there. Yeah. Um, truly flat, I guess, is probably pretty hard. I'm sure they exist. But anyway, yeah. uh, if that was confusing at all, for those of you who aren't going to watch our video of this and are just going to listen to it, Danny played the guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was in the room the whole time listening. You know, we're, we were behind the glass. Damn. Still, I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't know. I got to think about yeah. it. We're only on episode two. It's going to be like the leading joke, the whole thing. <laughs> it's going to be like episode 250. <laughs> Behind the glass. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> yeah. we've decided. Okay, so last but not least. Well, maybe least. <laughs> maybe least. But like not least by as much as you'd think. I'm going to play it and then I'm going to talk about it because you tried to kind of figure it out where this best would work. It's just a regular old Sure SM57. Right? Not that bad. Not, Not that, that bad. I, I, want, I would kind of go on a ledge and probably say I'd use it more than the 48. Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Yeah. We're talking about like a $12,000 difference. Right, yeah. <laughs> People are going to be like, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> no, but, for real. No, I, I didn't think the 48 matched this guitar very yeah. great. I think it would work really well for a very dead... You know, some of those, like, really early Gibsons are, like, really cardboard boxy and, like, dead, have, like, no good resonance at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, really dark. That might help bring it to, to life. Right. True. But True. if you have, like, a regular-ass guitar, like, if you had a Taylor or something that's, like, a high top-endy guitar, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. No. Uh yeah, what do you think about the 57? I mean, 57, like, you you got to have one around, and this is a good good example of why. Uh, considering that it is like an $80 microphone, <laughs> does the job. It's, it's worth noting we had to do kind of a different thing with it than we did with the other mics. Yes, let's talk about that. So we tried a few different things, uh, but because it's not meant to have a lot of bottom, it's not meant no. to have a lot of top, you know, it's kind of the pairing to a 121 when you're on a guitar because it's so mid-range, mid-forward, and then the 121's got, like, this low-end thing to fill it out on electric. I don't know what it'd be like on acoustic. Uh, we're not going to even go there. No, but yeah. <laughs> to make up for it, we put the 57, like, right on the sound hole for a little bit, and then that wasn't quite lo- right. So then we just did, like, a tiny bit of an angle to make it look at about the 17th fret which is beyond where the neck meets the guitar. Yeah, it's like so, over the body. Yeah, so we're still a, across the body. Just to build up some of that low end and even it out, make it less edgy. And it really is not that bad. No. no. We tried uh, pointing it at the 12th, but it didn't work. I don't think, yeah, yeah I think it was just so yeah. thin. It was like really brutal. It doesn't It doesn't have the, the detail across like the lower part of the mid-range that some of the higher end mics that we tried have. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a point against it, but again, in a mix. It's $80. Yeah, $80, $80 as opposed yeah. to... Let me play yeah. our favorite two back-to-back. Or not our favorite two. Our favorite, the 67 plus this 57. Here's the 57. Here's the 67. 
Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> the sixty-seven sounds stupid yeah. good. Yeah. But, but does it sound like a hundred times better? You know, like relative to the cost. Like I get, yeah, I get what you're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't even know what that means. For yeah, I guess it kind of depends times. on it's. Uh, it depends on what you have available. Right. You yeah. know, the new right. sixty-seven is supposed to be really, really good. You can find them. Around six grand, I think. I mean, that's uh, expensive. Yeah. I know. It's right. fucking yeah. expensive. I don't right. have six grand to spend. Well, we've tried money. them. They sound great. Yeah, we've yeah. had a bunch of them. They're yeah. awesome. But again, eighty dollars. Eighty yeah. bucks. So it don't work. I bet even this, the SM7, which is, I think, basically the same capsule as a fifty-seven. And is it, that right? I think I'm right. What's different about? We'll it? fact check the body for sure because the chamber behind the fifty-seven itself tunes the mic. Ah, uh, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I think the capsules might be the same. Moving coil. I don't know. I'll take a look. Email Brian. (laughs) 57 and 58 are definitely the same capsule. Yeah, I just got the built-in windscreen. I'm going to get a bunch of spam mails. Everyone tell Brian that I'm wrong. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, moving on. So that's what we did with all of our mono, guys. I think we've decided the 67 pointed a little bit up towards the headstock was better. Yes. And the 56. And the 56 is great. That's still one of my favorites. It's kind of why I bought that mic. But yeah, so let's talk about stereo yeah. and how awful it is. <laughs> or like cool for a minute, but I'm going to make an argument right now. There is not a stereo instrument. The acoustic guitar is not a stereo instrument. No. It's not like, you know, you play the drum kit and you're like, crash, hi-hat, you know, floor tom, which we all know is on the left side. Mm-hmm. That's right. And rack time. And they're all <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like subtle jab. <laughs> yeah. And they're all there's a there the needs to be stereo. Like it's more interesting in stereo. You hear a drum kit in stereo in real life. If you're in a room with a, a drum kit, you hear things on one side or the other. Yeah. You don't hear an acoustic guitar. I mean, just the physical spread of the drum kit is wide. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, like wider than you. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the guitar's per basically, I mean, yeah, the body's resonating, but it's really coming out of the sound hole. It's coming out of like one spot that's yeah. like this big. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say you could use it though. Okay. Tell, tell and me. I, and I was telling Zach off mic that I used to intern for another studio before this, and the owner, his name was Ben Gross. He like mixes, he's done a lot of like dope bands. I think he just did like Dream Theater. And I've seen an interview where he talks about how music for him is almost like movies like it's either fiction or reality so Mm. when he like records he he takes it like that so in this case stereo guitars could be like a fictional aspect of music as long as it sounds dope it doesn't really matter you know what i'm saying i agree but (laughs) i think that works for i mean it depends on the song i guess right so like we were talking about drake yeah all of that's fiction yeah yeah. i mean not all but like those that snare drum isn't a snare drum. It's a yeah. it's a built like, sample. No, there's not like ten hi hats in a kit. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be a crazy yeah. kit. But yeah, so in that world, yeah, make a super wide, weird stereo yeah. snare, uh-huh. all these weird things. But you know, everyone knows acoustic guitar. Everyone probably either owns or knows someone who owns an acoustic guitar. Like mm-hmm. you know what it sounds like, and it's unnatural in a not cool way 
to make it super stereo to mm. me. I, yeah. I think the the world where it makes sense is if it's like a solo guitar performance or like classical or if like flamenco in that world. If you use it in a way where you're kind of like emphasizing the room, which we do end up with a, yeah. a at least one setup that kind of does this, uh, because that's recreating what it would sound like you sitting there in the room with a guitar. I think that's kind of cool. And yeah. right. uh-huh. you're not going to have to you know, cut a bunch of mid-range or low-mid out with EQ to make it sit in a mix with, like, a vocal and, you know, an electric guitar mm-hmm. or a synth or, you know, anything else. Like, um, I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I agree with Danny on that. Yeah, because assuming your acoustic guitar isn't in a very well-treated space, yeah, like, all the reverb and stuff w- will make it sound real. Like, the the sound right. of the room. Right, but I think it's fine if the rooms are stereo, but yeah. close miking and stereo is weird. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you're almost treating it like a piano, like down towards yeah. the bridge and the body's like low end and uh-huh. boomy, and then up towards the neck and the headstock yeah. is like top endy and bright, and like, I don't listen to a guitar like that. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a guitar like from one. low to high like a piano would be. So I think, yeah, for if it was specifically to capture the room sound, get a stereo room. But I think you should at least still have like a close mic to have a fixed point of where that guitar is coming mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And then room to fill out space. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll agree with that. I'm yeah, I'm somewhat playing devil's advocate here because Same, yeah. uh but and I think that also if you're listening to this and you're an engineer primarily, if your client is a guitarist I think that guitarists like hearing stereo guitar mic setups because it makes the guitar sound larger than life, and it's like, whoa, mm. that's cool. Um, similar to those misguided drummers who like <laughs> drummers' perspective, <laughs> drum recordings. You know, it's like, oh, you get this sort of fantasy guitar spaceship like you put yeah. on your headphones and you're I like... Get, yeah, I get that point of view too. You know what sounds like a really cool stereo guitar that's larger than life? Uh, what? Bruce? Two guitars, <laughs> yeah, captured right. with one mic panned wide. Yeah, that's the best. Like, yeah, fight me. That's the best. No, that's <laughs> that's real, and that's. Yeah. I mean, we're so used to hearing that sort of thing, and it works so well. And then you get the added bonus of the little discrepancies between right. the doubles. You get a little more movement out of it. Right. Um, Grabs your ear from one side yeah. or the other a little mm-hmm. bit here and there. It keeps things interesting. Keeps our ADD brains that are. You know, I mean, how many songs really have intros and bridges and solos and stuff anymore? Like, you just need something new to be happening all the time for a minute and a half if you want them to listen to your song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, that being said, most of the songs I write are so long. (laughs) But shout out Jurassic Witch. Yeah. (laughs) Jurassic Witch. (laughs) But anyway, a lot of songs nowadays are short. I mean, especially in things like trap or pop, you know, where they're tight, come right in. Yeah. Like, so doing something as simple as doing two passes and having them on either side creates this, not actually chaotic, because you don't want to do totally random takes, but the small differences, like you were saying, small differences that grab the ear here and there and, like, trigger your brain, like, oh, something happened. So you keep listening. You don't just, like, zone out for the 30-second bar of the same thing, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Yeah. Anyway. So here's how we did this. We have... The KM84s for a couple times, the small diaphragm condensers, just because they were easy to maneuver and kind of deal with for stereo miking. And they sound good. We like the yeah. KM84. Yeah. Um, we did XY, 
which kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it. Here, here, I'll show you. Here's X Y. So it sounds um, weird. It sounds weird. <laughs> That's not what an acoustic guitar sounds like. It almost sounds like there's two of them, but not really. Yeah, it's like this uncanny valley sort of thing. And it's where... pretty tight for stereo. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's a couple ways people do XY. Sometimes you stack them on top of each other, but we did the one where it's like right angles to each other and the capsules are like touching. Yeah. Can't. It's like the the front end of the the mic, which is flat. There's two of them are making two sides of a cube. Yeah, basically. right, right. So they're at ninety yeah. degrees, and they're like touching on one edge. So yeah. that sounded like that again. One more time, just for a second. It's very mono for a stereo thing. Like it doesn't yeah. feel very stereo. No, it doesn't. And it's stereo up close, which is uncomfortable. Yeah, unnatural. Yeah, it's weird. No room. Yeah. You know? yeah. little bit of room but still not right then we tried the french broadcast standard or the older french broadcast standard, the ortf i don't remember what it stands for it's something that like means ears in french or something like that I, i'm trying because it's i think that's the idea behind it is that the two mics are like a pair of ears yeah right mm. so they're what was it 17 centimeters apart at 110 degrees. degrees yeah and we got that we nailed it yeah i think we <laughs> nailed it i think we actually got it to light up pretty good so here's what that sounds like Way more room. Yeah. A little yeah. more exciting, More pleasing, too. yeah, to yeah. my ear. Yeah. Uh, not natural, but interesting. This yeah. might fall into the your thing of the yeah. fiction. If I was going for a fictional acoustic guitar thing, that might be yeah. cool. Um, still think it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And also, like, where's this going? You know, is there going to be a vocal or, you know... It, yeah, yeah. Maybe like, you're creating a center, you know, a phantom center so you can put a nice vocal like right up the middle and you have these guitars on the sides you know in context maybe it would be cool maybe but two guitars might be cooler right <laughs> so there that was one of them um and that again was with the 84s and they're probably looking like oh what do we have 110 degree that? angle Right, but they're them. over. What does my marker say? Oh, I so one was looking basically at the bridge. Right, and then That's right. the other one was looking pretty high up the fretboard. Yeah, because we had it. We had it over the thirteenth fret. Because when we started getting closer towards the bridge, it was really bassy, and the yeah. uneven bass in the two sides was really uncomfortable. So we actually scooted it. It's about eighteen inches back. So were the. Uh, X, Y, we kind of kept similar position. That point there, by the way, I think is kind of a, in, in and of itself, is kind of a case against stereo miking and acoustic guitar because you heard already the difference at the angle of placement of some of the uh, the mono mic setups that we did, how much that would change it. So now you have two mics that you have to negotiate where they're looking on the guitar. Yeah, and it's not them to the guitar, it's also them to each other. Right. So that slight angle is, in a way, twice as much of an angle change yeah. and it's like maybe you find some some you know sweet spot but like how long does it take you to get there and <laughs> yeah. then what is the benefit of finding that like ultimately in the context of the finished song right yeah. like i don't know so, only you can answer these questions 
So write Zach and let him know. No. <laughs> you can, yeah, yeah. Please, please email me at brian at Big Bad South. We got to get you an email. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. This is a common but weird one that I never, ever use. Like, I really don't. And I learned it in school. I've actually helped a couple engineers here, like, set it up. I mean, they knew. I just was here assisting. Setting up for stuff they were doing. They did it for drums. I think also acoustic guitar. But, man, I never use this. This yeah. is mid-side. If you don't know what mid-side is, it's two mics, and you get them a cardioid that's, you know, facing the instrument, and then... The other mic is in figure eight with the null pointed in line with the cardioid. So the null pointing at the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch this, you'll see pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Or just Google it if you need to. It's it's very common. And uh, you take the figure eight one, the one with the null pointed at you, duplicate the track, flip one side so they're perfectly out of phase with each other, pan them hard left and right, and then you have the mono cardioid up the middle. Yeah. And you when you push up more side it gets more stereo, when you push up more mid it gets more mono. The nice thing is it's perfectly mono compatible mm-hmm. because when the figure 8 the flip figure 8s cancel in mono, you're still left with that cardioid mic and you have a mono mic guitar. I thought it was cool. It was cool. Um problems. I think it's it's got problems. Do you want to say now, yeah. or would you? No, let's let okay. let people hear for so themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you can, like I said, you can push up more mid, you yeah, can push up more that's side. My I'm thing. just gonna play what we thought felt pretty good. Okay, real quick, I'm gonna show you. Here's the mid on its own. Oh. Here's mid on its own. Okay. And then the side on its own. Oh, wait. I have this grouped. Hold on. <laughs> the side on its own was like this. It makes you, like, sick. <laughs> it's weird on its own, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never use a side yeah. on its own, really. I mean, you shouldn't. Um, do, would you like to tell us the problems? Every time I've heard this used, it pushes the low end to one side. Mm. Yes, we definitely had that problem. And we really tried to work yeah. on it. We did. Um, and I ended up angling myself kind of weirdly relative to the mics for what you would consider for a, a mid-side where it's not It's not like the, the mid-mic is not actually looking like that directly at me. It was like kind of, you know, it wasn't like a 90-degree angle from that to me. It was, you know, a much tighter angle. Um, it's, yeah, uh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know why you would want this, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting, I guess, but like, I don't know, it's not, it's not what a guitar sounds like unless you're like, I don't know, you know, like a, a cat or something, you know, like, <laughs> unless the guitar is like bigger than your body. Uh, let me try and rebalance it with less, uh, less side. Let's see if. Like that, it feels a little more controlled. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I mean, I don't feel as so bad, strongly. Yeah, I like that better. I don't feel as like hate on it as much as Danny. <laughs> tell, but, me, tell me about it. What but I think, think I think it goes back to that fiction thing. Like you have the freedom of pushing up the rooms as much as you want if you want it to sound roomier or less roomier. Or like you said, it sounds cooler. Stereo miking sounds cooler if it's to create a space. Yeah, capture yeah? ambience. Not right. to be like a like a close stereo mic to like split your guitar in half or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. it, it could work. Uh I, I I get it. And just now I thought that sounded a little bit better. I agree. But still not my favorite. I think like just regular ass room mics and a close mic would be better. Right. Probably more interesting. And you'll hear a setup that's like that down the line. Similar. Yeah. yeah. My my personal favorite setup. Yeah. Zach's specialty. That's almost like a mid side thing, just very separated. Are they doing the same thing? Figure eight? No. Well, because it's, <laughs> Don't it's not. It. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. No it's spoilers. Different. It's there's totally some, different. There's some crucial differences. There's there a couple. Are, yeah. 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 Um, Co- by the way, all of these Blumline and uh, other things. Is it just the Blumline? Oh, Midside. ORTF. And these Blumline, but not ORTF, are the 414s. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Hold on. Oh, shit. Our camera's going to overheat for some reason. Swag. Man. Please stand Too by. Hot. Stand by. I mean, we can let it cool down and you can set the audio and then set Yeah. It down. All right. Pause and we'll, we'll slate it. I don't know if, was that? And action. Okay, welcome back to part two of part two. We had some technical difficulties. Our camera overheated, even though it's like 50 degrees outside. Anyway, where were we? Right. Stereo mic and guitars. Mm -hmm. Waste of time. Let's waste (laughs) your guys' time. Um, Blumline? Blumline. So, Blumline, this first one is with the 414 EBs, and we're about a foot and a half back. Again, when you're doing the stereo stuff, Try and get some room, especially if your room yeah. sounds cool, yeah. you know, give some depth. So here's that. Wow, I hate that. All right, yeah. I forgot to mention what Blumline is. For those of you who don't know, Blumline is two figure eight microphones at 90 degree angles to each other, like on top of each other like this. For those of you who can't see what my hands are doing, just look it up. Uh, <laughs> and they're kind of looking away from the sound source. Yes, like, we uh, have the the if it's like if the top view is like an X, what would be like the center joint of the X looking? Yeah. So yeah, so it would, my fist was the mic. Yeah, no, your fist is the guitar. Okay, yeah. Sorry, so yeah. one mic is looking like I don't know at the bridge, and the other mic's looking at the headstock. Yeah, you know. Um, that's what that sounded like. One more time. It's cool when you kind of close on some of those chords and, yeah. and you hear the decay in the room, but the low end is really weighted. Yeah, uh, and I feel like I hear the pick on one side yes. of the yeah. tones, which Z- is weird. Zach also said it was dull. I noted that. Yeah. Oh, on the 414s. On the, yeah, on the, on wow. the line, yeah. Okay. It probably is. You said dull, really wide. It, it feels wide. You, you question I want to hear that. that against the ORTF, though. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, a little it's dull. way duller. Yeah. yeah, it is smooth though. There's yeah. la- there's you know, it doesn't it actually doesn't look that way in the waveform, but it does sound less transient. Interesting. Um, so because it's typically a stereo thing you do with ribbons, we figure might as well yeah. do it with the 44s. What was funny though is the magnets are so strong. Those 44s, I could get the 414s to like touch. Yeah, like touch and tips. But the 44s <laughs> had to be like an inch or two apart or else it would start turning the magnet of the other one and they would like get in line with each other. That was a cool gif on our Yeah, there's a, there's a gif. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's freaky. Yeah. It's like some haunted mics. But anyway, here's what it sounds like. I mean, there's a little bit of boxiness I'd pull out, yeah. but really not that bad. No. It's kind of smoother for me. Definitely I so. smoother. Yeah. De- I mean, in yeah. general, it seems like the Blumline thing is smooth. I mean, both of them were pretty smooth. I just didn't love the 414. Less crunchy on top. Yeah. Yeah. This one's two feet back, whereas the 414s were a foot and a half back. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe that matters. I don't know. Okay, so this next one is weird. I've seen it done before. I've never actually used it. It's the over the shoulder. Oh yeah, this was a this was a new one for all of us, right? Had you done this one before? Brian? No, I never. Yeah. No, but I've seen it and stuff. Yeah, people always say this is this is one that like guitarists really like. Um, I guess the idea is that you have a mic looking over the guitarist's shoulder, which kind of sounds like what the guitar sounds like to the guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it better than I thought I would. There's two mics though. There's that mic he's talking about where it's like right. l- mimicking your head, and then there's another mic that's like. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think we just pointed it at the 12th, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't make a note. Uh, you, Ryan, I, you had we, one job. We did. I can I can confirm that that's what yeah, we did. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure we did. And I guess a nice, <laughs> a nice thing about this setup and also the midside is that if you have like high aspirations about doing some cool stereo thing and then you start listening to your mix and you're like, wait, this isn't working out, it gives you a back door to just be like, nope, mono now. Right. Yeah. Just, just lose. Yeah. Right. And Zach was hating on this before we even did it. So. I know. Yeah. I was hating <laughs> on it. We were like walking to it and he's like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't hate it. It wasn't that bad. bad. Yeah. yeah it wasn't I, that I bad. Mean, uh, uh, yeah. Both of the mics are in cardioid um, and we used the 414s again. Not bad. I don't hate it. It's not too different from what I like to do. Um, this is panned hard left and right, which is not how I like to treat my two miking technique for acoustics. Yeah. I feel uh, it was kind of left heavy in my headphones. Maybe oh, I'm it sober. definitely is. Right? It's left heavy okay. in my headphones too. Cool. It's uh, just kind of part of it. So I'm going to mimic-ish what my technique is. Because that was the last one, right? Nope. No. Space pair. I'll deal with mimicking mine with that technique and compare the two because they're very similar, and I'll talk about why in a minute. But let's go to Space Pair. So Space cool. Pair, how did we space them? Uh, one was looking at, like, the bridge, I want to say. Mm-hmm. and then Yeah, the, and the other one's at the seventh fret. Seventh fret, yeah. Got it. Both about a foot off the body of the guitar. I think. Two 414s, yeah, about a foot back. So here's that. 
Wow, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah I didn't like it at all. <laughs> that was probably the worst one. Yeah. yeah. So. So if you like it, I don't know. You, yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now let's talk about Zach's favorite. The big bad Zach technique? Yeah. So here's what I did. I put the 56 close, maybe the 67, but this time I just went with what I always do, which is the 56 as a close mark. My cardioid, I think we were, you know, 12th-ish fret, maybe slightly yeah. pointed towards where the neck meets the guitar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, you know, a little more than half a foot back, a little further than our other closes were. But still, probably not more than a foot for sure. Yeah. And then the figure eight. So I took a 414. It's going to be hard to describe. Yeah. I took a 414 and I had it in cardioid, right? And I had it about human height pointing down, looking at the guitar six, seven feet back. Yeah. And I flipped the phase on it and I had Brian scoot it closer till it phase cancels as best as it could because the mics are still five or six feet apart. And then... You turn the mic on its side so that the null of, you know, the side the side of the mic is like pointing down the same line as the KM56, as the close mm-hmm. mic. And then I flipped it to figure eight so that I'm just capturing ambience with that. That's a pretty common aspect of like a lot of these stereo miking techniques where you have one mic looking down the axis of another mic's Correct. null. Yeah. For phase. Yeah, right. And to fill in the hole. Uh but this is not like midside, where midside you double the figure eight, flip one side, pan them hard left and right. This is just one mic as the room and one mic as the close. And then what happened yeah. though was because of figure eight, one side is positive polarity and the other side is negative. Uh, it was actually more in phase if he turned the mic so that the front side was facing uh, the 180 degrees different direction. So that the close mic and the figure eight were in better face. Sounds weird, but it just sounded better. Yeah. And another reason why it's cool to do stuff like this where you just test things out because yeah. you don't know until you hear it. And I, then oh, go I, ahead. I have a question, but I want I want you to play it first before I Okay. Like so let me just do things. the last description. So what I like to do is pan, assuming there's a vocal up the middle, I'll pan the close mic. 20, 25, something, a little off to one side, and then the room mic just hard to the other side. So the close mic is still taking up both speakers or headphones, but only the ambience is towards one side and it's leaning slightly opposite, which is like this. And go. So it's cool. I kind of have the room mic kind of hot. But uh, yeah. it, what I would do is fill out that other side, the right side, with whatever else, else is in the mix. An electric guitar, a shaker, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it really gives you this cool ambient feel, gets, captures the space while having a focused like point of like, here's where the guitar is in that room. Yeah, if the song was based only around this, it would be kind of weird, I feel like. Well... So if the guitar was based only around, or the song is based song. only around this in a vocal, uh-huh. I would put the vocal in the middle and the ambience for the vocal to the other On side. The left, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then it gives you this really interesting, and then the reverbs aren't in the way of each other. You know, yeah. you're 
reverbs and or rooms are hard left and right. Yeah. So they're not in the center image very much. And it gives you a very wide, interesting yeah, sound. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like about this this configuration that it's not trying to make a wide guitar. It's No, it's, yeah. it's, it's no. a guitar and a room. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I still am a big mono guitar guy. It's just fun yeah. to capture a room I can put it somewhere. Yeah, it gives you something something extra besides just a, a mic a foot away from a guitar, which right. is kind of yeah. cool. Right. You said you were going to say something? Oh, yeah. The question I had was, do you think midside would work cooler if you kind of did essentially what you're doing with this, like opposed to copying the track and flipping it and panning left and right? What if you just put cardioid on top, figure eight one on the bottom? Then it's not midside. Correct. Yeah, correct. It's a <laughs> it's new technique. It's just a different but, technique. But uh, I think... The only reason why I don't think it would be that great is because so close. they're so close yeah. to each other. And then one side of it's out of phase. So you immediately have some weird um, phase stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think part of the part of the recipe for mid-side is that you get the, the mono folding works especially well because the mics are essentially co coincident, right? Right. Um, so for fun, I wanted to hear my thingy verse the... Uh, over the shoulder, if the over shoulder was panned about the same as what oh, yeah. I did. Because it's a similar idea, except the over the shoulder is cardioid beside the player's head, whereas my over, not over the shoulder, but my roomy thing is figure eight, five or six feet in front, about head high of someone standing. So like five or six feet off the ground. So here's the over the shoulder, but panned like mine. <laughs> And then here's here's mine. That one's more open. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah. one's pretty intimate. It's pretty up close, which I don't think is a bad sound by any means, honestly. No. I don't think that's bad. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, if I wanted more bottom, I probably would have changed the close mic slightly or something. Yeah. Because the other one's bass here, but it's also closer to the guitar. Yeah. So. And there's no EQ and no processing. No, there's anything. no nothing. So it's like, this is just straight in and out of the pre um, into my Apogee Symphony converters. And I think that's a, it's a cool aspect of this, though, is that uh, just to know what your options are before you dive in with, like, solving problems like that yeah. is kind of cool. Just to hear the difference that mic choice and mic placement can make because there's so much that you can avoid as far as, yes. like, corrective processing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just record it right the first I mean, time. What's, yeah. And it's difficult. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd have all of those mics in the exact same position recording yeah. the same performance and malting it or something, but we can't do that. So maybe the player is a little different, maybe he's leaning slightly different, but I think regardless, there's enough of a difference between the mic so you can hear the characteristic of the mic itself. Mm -hmm. um, you want to recap what we decided and we'll play it. Uh, about like favorites and stuff? About the stuff yeah. we liked. Stuff yeah. we like. So we all liked the KM56. Yeah, yeah I'll, okay. go, mm -hmm. I'll go with that real quick. Let's remind everyone. Yeah. 12th fret. And then we also like the 67, but right. looking in front of the 12th fret, looking at the 10th fret. Ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite too. Damn, 56, you might have 
just got beat out by the 67. And it's still, after listening to all those stereo setups, the U67 still sounds big. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. It's not like it suffers from only being one mic. Like, it's it's all there. Yeah, I prefer it to be one mic. Stereo. ORTF I did not hate. No, me neither. Yeah. But I didn't love. <laughs> Over the shoulder, if I... Oh, sorry. Sorry, that ORTF was wrong. I had my panning still. ORTF. Over the shoulder. Whoa. Who's doing that? It's you, Brian. Hit your EQ button. We've been visited by the ghost of EQ. Just hit the console really hard. Dang. For sure, me? Yeah. That's definitely the one that's... Yeah, there you go. There you go. Cool. All right, sorry. Nailed Old it. consoles got some dirt sometimes. Anyway, uh, over the shoulder. Which is very cool as well. Yeah. And then the one that I usually like to do. Damn, the over the shoulder, I kind of really like. I really like it too. Yeah. I'm surprised damn. I haven't had a reason to try it before. Well, on it, to be totally honest, I'm probably going to continue just close micing all yeah, my acoustic guitars. Wait, was over the shoulder both were in cardioid? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Both are in cardioid, correct. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of it. I'll keep this one a little shorter than last time. We kind of went on a bunch of tangents last time. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so so much more going on with micing up a drum kit. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot to do about acoustic guitar. So we have other ideas involved with upcoming ones, such as we didn't do any drum overhead things. No. We didn't really experiment with... We did some rooms, but we didn't really experiment with getting weird with rooms. No. Um, we, I mean, we had tried a day pre-podcast of experimenting with rooms that, like, nothing worked out. Yeah, except I wanted to try that in front of the baffle thing. Yeah, right. That, that worked out. Cool. I just didn't like where we were in the room. Right. So we might play with that. Acoustic guitar, you can try miking the back of it and way up inside of it and like doing things that maybe are not, you know, more your imaginary world where we mm -hmm. move away from it sounding like acoustic guitar and just being interesting. PZM mics and the likes. Yeah. yeah. So might do some weird shit, get weird and creative with it. I want to do a really simple, basic one of just like, here's a vocal. Yeah. Here's what happens when you're close. Here's what happens when you're far. I Here's what happens when you are in an echoey room, but you baffle behind the vocalist compared to in front of the vocalist. Hmm. I don't know why people baffle in front of the vocalist. It drives me crazy. Oh, you mean like those mic enclosures? Like, yeah, uh, that I sort get of thing? the idea, yeah. but like your mic is looking at your face. Yeah. And so it's capturing a lot of stuff, especially if you're standing beside a wall that's coming back into the mic from behind you. Yeah. In front of you, it's nulled, so it doesn't capture that much. So, like, having a filter like this... I think it, it's just way easier to design a thing that goes on a mic stand than it is... Yes, a, I, get know, like, I get yeah. that. Oh, you're talking about, like, those reflection filters? Yeah. yeah. I used to have those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They have the, their uses. 
drum, uh, you know, kick drums and guitar amps and stuff. I think if you're doing vocals with uh, with the studio monitors on, also, yeah, yep, true, that's true, a, true, true. A reason if yeah. there's a lot, if there's a lot of direct sound coming yeah. at you, yes. Especially if you like, if you're in the control room and the rear wall is treated, then you know that's that's like a cool situation, I guess, for that. Yeah, but, that could help. Yeah, uh, I use the chaotic eyeball a lot. And that's all the way around yeah, the mic. That's all. So that's very different. But I use it a lot because I record myself most right. of the time. Right, sure. So I'd rather just keep out. And it's the environment isn't exactly A1. I'm going to leave you guys with a tip. If you're in that type of environment and you want a really cheap solution, take three mic stands if you have them. Cheap ones like, like what we have here with a little boom on it. Make them go as high as they go and then T-bar the boom. Put like a moving blanket over it. Do one behind you and two like this, and you have a vocal booth. That'll sound just as good as the baffles I have. Like, it's perfect. You can put mm. it in a fucking garage. It sounds good. Sick. Damn, I almost made the whole podcast without saying bad word. Man, I might have said a couple. Uh, I, I dropped know. one or two. What yeah. the fuck? <sighs> yeah. I'm trying to trying to be better. <laughs> I feel like I sound more intelligent if I don't curse. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, no one thinks <laughs> I sound don't. intelligent. That's fine. <laughs> That's not yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, we'll get into that. We'll we'll do some more stuff. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you're cur- curious about or want to hear. We're going to start bringing some people on, talk about other parts besides just recording, songwriting, placement, label stuff, yeah. playing shows, getting ready, working with a producer, you know, how you work with a band, all sorts of stuff. But um, till next time, I'm Zach Fisher. I run and own Big Bad Sound. You can find me at Big Bad Zach or at Big Bad Sound LA. I'm B-Rye, Brian, I produce, assist, engineer, songwrite, I'm an artist, Uh, I typically work at a big bad sound with Zach. Where can people find you? At B-Rye-X, B-R-H-Y-E-X, on everything. And you? I'm Danny Echevarria, freelance engineer, etc., uh, audio writer for Pro Audio Files. Uh, you can find me at Dan Destiny on Instagram or dandestiny.com. Cool. And then for this podcast, it'll be on YouTube. For those of you listening through podcast streaming things, it'll be streaming audio through podcast things. Um, and I'm going to include this session and the, you know, we recorded at 96K and the 9624 files so you can hear them for yourself. And let us know what you think. Yeah. Thank you. Peace. 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 <laughs> <laughs>